0: What's going on, everyone? Alex Jotaris here, back again with another Knicks episode for the Knicks, Jets, Etc. podcast. And we got another phenomenal guest on the pod today. we got Jonathan Mackery, and we're going to have him break down w- with the season around the corner. We have to get into some of this stuff. So we're going to discuss some of his recent articles, talking about the five biggest uh, que- camp questions going into the season. Then we're going to have to discuss some of this Frank Nilekina, uh you know maybe he won't be on the team anymore we'll have to talk to the the man of frank island right here and get some more information on that and then we're just gonna go down the roster see how we feel about it and what we think this team's going to do for this season and then john what do we got for etc today
1: what's up alex for etc today we're just going to uh talk about the shift in the nba uh with the westbrook wall trade uh and how we feel about the hierarchy in the east and west
0: that sounds great, John. Sounds great. All right, Ricey, let's kick it off.
1: Ricey K. The man.
0: What's going on, everyone? Alex Terrace here with another Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast episode. And with me, as always, it's my main man, my buddy, my pal, my co-host—the guy who's trying to get the New York Knicks back on track—John Malika. How are you doing today, bud?
1: <laughs> oh man, I'm good. I'm good. The pre—it's over, man. We're we're in the present, dude. The preseason is actually here. Knicks basketball. We've waited almost a full year. It's been since March. I, I'm excited, dude. I'm just—I'm really excited to get it going.
0: Yeah man, we got full on training camp starting today I believe, which is today it's Sunday 11:48 a.m. as we're recording. But John, as we got camp going on today, full on 5 on 5 for the Knicks. We had to get the we had to get a phenomenal guest on the podcast today. The Dean of Knicks Film School, the host of the Knicks Film School podcast, the co-host of the Pick and Pod, columnist at the Strickland, Jonathan Macri. How are you doing today my man?
2: Man, it's it's a lot of stuff. I waste a lot of my time on this team, don't I? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. Um, I too am excited that that training camp is beginning in earnest today. Um, I'm, I'm told that there will be some some media availability uh, not in the not too distant future. So I'm looking forward to seeing what what guys have to say. And uh, yeah, just just happy to be on talking about this team. It's been a long time coming. It feels like it's been forever. It's been nine months. Um, So, yeah, let's let's get things going.
0: Nine months. Who's been counting, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Look, John, we're we're happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Of course. We're excited as you, man. We are dying Knicks fans. We haven't seen this team play since March. Uh, We've just been, as you know, just trying to conjure up what the hell this team can do moving forward because we got a new front office that we've just been – Rattling on about that. We're excited about. And now we got draft picks that some people were upset with because he had the CAA Kentucky uh, connection, but now it seems like people are turning around on it, but now let's deep dive into this. But first, let me get into some week news just so we can update all of our listeners. Woj reported earlier this week that the NBA started an additional health safety guideline with teams, 158 pages worth just to with approved restaurants that teams and players can go dine at, uh, And then we also have Woju also reported that players, while they're home, they're not allowed to enter bars, lounges and clubs or live entertaining game venue or live entertaining game venues. (laughs) There's some limited exceptions. No public gyms, spas, pool areas. They really started to ramp down on just what players can do so they can reduce the amount of COVID spread because... During no, uh, November 24th to November 30th, we had 48 out of 546 players test positive for COVID. So we're really trying to resti- restrict how many people are traveling and interacting because we need to get this season going. We don't want any more COVID. Uh, this pandemic has gone on long enough. We don't want anyone to get sick and harm any more families out there. So do you just want to let do guys everyone think- know.
1: Do you guys what think there'll subject? be? Uh, fa- do you guys think there'll be fans uh, at any point uh, this season? Like, even I-, I remember there was some rumor about like ten percent, uh, just like with the sweets in the beginning, and then sort of like expanding that out. I, I personally think at least by the playoffs they'll will at least have a, s- a certain percentage of like fans in the normal stands. Uh, but how do you? I-, I feel like that's why the league is
2: angling this way. But what do you guys think? Um, I mean, I'm sure in some markets they will um, have more than i mean actually you know what i think there'll be fans in arenas at in every market at some point before the season is done but i don't i also don't think at any point we are ever going to get an arena full of fans um and i would even go so far as to be surprised um if that were to happen by the playoffs or even like the finals just because i can't You know, I mean, we don't need to talk about like the the distribution of the national distribution of a vaccine. That's not what people want to listen to, but it's complicated. It takes time. There's going to be layers to it and how it happens. So yeah, I just, it's, I don't think it'll play a role. Like the fans are going to play a a major role this season.
0: Yeah. I can't see fans coming back anytime soon. It will change. It will, as John said, vary on each state because each state has their own guidelines, but if we're asking for MSG. Don't see anything happening for the Knicks anytime soon, just because it's New York where everything started and just the density of the city. So, but we'll see. We'll see as the season goes on, how that pans out. But as I pointed out to earlier in the podcast, we got training camp today. Knicks preseason starts December 11th and 13th against the Pistons. And then we got the 15th and 18th Knicks versus the Cavaliers. Guys, basketball is back. We're ready. I'm happy for it. Can't wait to watch it. So let's let's now dive into the Knicks talk right now. What do we want to see for this preseason game? What lineups do we want to see out there? What are we expecting? Is this just Tibbs uh, throwing out everything and just seeing what works? What what do we got going on? (laughs) John, I'll start with you. Uh, John, John Macri or, John, <laughs> oh, that's true. Ah, oh, Jesus. That's the, you know, I was actually thinking about this too. I was like, oh, we got two. Jo-.
2: Call me I Macri. That's to- easier that way. Just say Macri.
0: I can't even go John M because you both got <laughs> I know, Macri right? and Malika, right? Okay. So Macri, let's start off with you because you're the guest.
2: Um, you know, that's an interesting question. I, I hadn't thought about it. I actually, it's so like i got referenced there's going to be some media availability today. I don't know if Tibbs is going to get on. Today or at any point this week, but that's a question I would I would want to ask him because we remember with Fizdale last season there was and I don't know how legitimate it was maybe he was just putting lipstick on a pig um, like the the point guard competition was going to play itself out through the preseason games and I remember I think there was one game where the, like he played two point guards like each game right if I if I recall correctly um, I. I don't see Tibbs going that route myself. I I think he's just going to be like, look, we're going to treat these as as games. Um, maybe later in like the fourth quarter, I, I, he will give some guys a shot who he doesn't, um, who who he may not foresee as having like earned a spot in the rotation yet to see what they do in live game action. But if everything I have read about Tom Thibodeau. It, it, points to the fact that every opportunity to improve your basketball team is sacred, sacred and I just can't, I I can't see him being like, you know what? Um, Based on what we've seen through like like the September camps on like the last week or whatnot. And what we know about these guys, like, I don't think this guy is, is, has earned a spot in the rotation, but we're just going to throw him out there to see if, you know, to make it fair. I, I just don't see him doing that. I I would not be surprised at what we saw on what's the first game on Friday. Um, is like yep, right, you I know at, at least a vague representation of how he sees the rotation playing out once the season actually starts.
0: Okay, okay, Malika, what do you got going? What do you think? <laughs> what, what, what do you? How do you? What do you think that rotation
1: looks like, John?
2: Oh goodness, you put me right on the spot early. Um,
1: well, well, okay, no, well, okay I well, I won't put you on the spot. I, so yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: No, I just like I, I, I say that because I, I don't I have a feeling people may not like my answer. Um, I think <laughs> Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel will split minutes at center. I am I'm I would not be comfortable just saying like oh Mitch is going to start because it's it's Mitch he's going to start. I think that's real. The fact that thank that, you that, that there can be something you. there. I mean, <laughs> look, whether it's right or not, we could I mean, maybe we could talk about that, but um, I think. Randall, I mean, it's the first preseason game is in four days or five days, whatever it is. He's still on the team. I don't think he's going anywhere. He's not coming off the bench. I'm not reporting that. I'm just, like, it would yeah. utterly shock me if if he came off the bench behind a rookie. Maybe Tibbs has bigger cojones than even we think. Who knows? But I just, I would be surprised, especially since, you know, they're upping his value is not is not going to hurt anybody, including Tibbs, and Tibbs knows that. Um, so Randall and, and Obi will get, I think the, the minutes at the four. Um, if there's a room for a fifth big, I guess I could see Spellman getting time. Then um, I think this, I mean, if Tibbs puts Obi out at the three, I just, I, 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 I let's just say I would be surprised. Um, so then you move to the three and that's, I think where the questions begin, because does he play RJ at the three? Does it matter whether he plays RJ at the three? If it's like RJ and Burks or RJ and rivers, um, my guess would be Rivers and Barrett will start. Um, I think Burks will get time. Um, I think I think Burks will get time. Um, I think Peyton <laughs> and Dennis Smith Jr. will split the point guard minutes and then do the math. That's one spot left if you have a 10-man rotation. And I haven't mentioned Kevin Knox. I haven't mentioned Frank Delakina. I haven't mentioned Reggie Bullock. Um, I haven't mentioned Iggy Brasdakis. I haven't mentioned Emmanuel. Quickly, if you told me that any of those five guys – if he ran out of ten man rotation on Friday night, and you told me that any of those five guys got that last spot, wouldn't shock me in the least. Um, so that's the best that I could do as far. If, if you asked me to pick a name right now, I guess I'd pick Kevin Knox. Um. So yeah.
1: Yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. That, that. That. That's really interesting because especially you, you mentioned ten man rotation. Tibbs only plays like eight guys. <laughs> like, like, it really doesn't like even I, go even that deep. I.
2: I think if you look at Minnesota, he – for more often than not in Minnesota, he had a five-man bench unit. Did he play all those guys the same amount of time? No. Did guys complain about the minutes they weren't getting? Yes. Gorgie – I always screw up his name. Gorgie Jang um, yeah. was, was not a fan of the minutes he was getting. Tyus Jones was not a fan of, of the minutes he was getting. There was one other player I'm forgetting that was, was none too – far. Oh, um, Baileyta. Um, But he had a five-man bench unit that he would trot out there and would play together as a five-man bench unit almost every game barring injury. Um, So I think we'll get 10 guys. You know, but again, is it how much? Like, I don't know. I I actually wouldn't be surprised if, like, the minutes leader on this team at the end of the season was, like, averaging 31, 32 minutes a game. I don't think he's going to run anybody into the ground.
1: Mm. i i i kind of want to start at the big guys because like that's that's what i'm I'm intrigued the most because i get the most heat when i talk quote unquote mitchell robinson slander right because i i love mitchell robinson as much as the next guy like second round pick like he's my guy but he can't stay on the court because he gets you know he averages four fouls in 15 minutes like it just it just doesn't work out so like do you see Noel being benched? Like in that same vein as Randall being benched? Like do you see Ra- uh Noel sitting on the bench while Robinson's starting? That kinda that feels like a weird dynamic to me.
2: I mean, if you're asking me to put money on it right now, I would still bet on Mitchell Robinson starting game one. Um, I think what what Tibbs said Let me take a step back. I don't think Tibbs is Anything he ever says in a press conference is accidental. I think everything, or a press conference, like a whatever, media availability. So when he said the professionalism word, like that wasn't by accident. But at the same time, he also knows what he's doing. Um, and I think, who knows what Leon Rose actually thinks. Maybe he's playing it that like Mitchell Robinson is a valuable core key piece that he feels the organization needs to foster and grow and is monumentally important to their success. Um, Or maybe he's just projecting that because he's, it's absolutely being projected behind the scenes. It's being projected out in front. Like they consider like they didn't want to talk about Mitchell Robinson when it came to trades. So if he's secretly wanting to move on from rich, well, his value is high. He's, I mean, boy, even for a lawyer who was at the top of the agent game, like he's doing a damn good job of selling that. Um, I, I, I would, but I would personally be surprised if that was their stance. I think they believe in Mitchell Robinson. I think they want to, to get the most out of Mitchell Robinson. And I think, you know, Tibbs feels like, Hey, this kid needs to maybe not get a fire lit under his ass. Cause Mitch, like when Mitch comes on the court, he's, he doesn't like, not, it's not like Dennis Smith jr. Who's out there, I, I mean, I, I don't know what other comparison to use. Like a guy running around in a beer league. That's what he was like last year. His head was in – I don't know where his head was. It wasn't in Madison Square Garden. Um, and Kevin Knox is like it's kind of – you know, he has that like malaise or apparent malaise. On the court. Mitch is different. Mitch goes out there and like, yeah, he might commit a silly foul every now and then, but he goes out there, he plays hard, he plays well. The advanced stats, like for two years now, don't lie, that guy is their best player. It's, it's full stop, he is their best player. So – Tibbs is smart he knows what is good for him he knows in order to get the most out of this team he needs to get that dude right um it's just a matter of how he goes about doing it um I, you know there's a guy who wanted to come off the bench last year is he gonna be upset if he comes off the bench behind her and well who the hell knows um maybe he maybe he won't that's what's the complicated thing right is like Mitch is kind of like a He's a funny bird. I don't know how else to describe it. He's just a funny bird. But in terms of like people saying, like, oh, they should trade him. He's unprofessional. He's a weird he's unmature. He's a again, he's weird after blocks last year. At eight. So yeah, I'm high on Mitch, I guess, would be the way to say it.
0: Okay, okay. I mean, I for me, looking at Mitchell Robinson, it's in there. Like we see the talent in there. But even I will keep going back to this keep going back to the well of like when he's tweeted out saying he needed to be better. He showed that he can get better. All right. He can, when he walks in, he can really lock in. He just hasn't had, well, he just hasn't had the coaching necessary. He came, he had not played one minute of college ball, one regular season of college ball. We're talking about a kid who started late his bat uh, late in his basketball career, started in high school, crazy growth spurt, crazy athleticism, I just don't think he's had the coaching necessary to really get him locked in. And now he has that coach to really get him locked in. And when I think it comes to professionalism, it's like, okay, it's cool that you're doing like these funny, like fancy tricks, like trying to dribble up to the waist, like doing these three point shots, trying to like take it in and do all these dribble moves, whatnot. Let's get, let's, let's get back down to the basics that, you know, which I'm sure Mitch has been working on, especially now that you have Kenny Payne there. I'm sure he's just, I'm sure this coaching staff just wants to see Mitchell Robinson take that next step of being a professional athlete and just being able to focus every single night and understanding how to read the game. And that's being a professional. It's really looking how to grow and just get into that type of role. And look, yeah. and, and for Thibodeau, you know, if we look at what he's done with teams, like let's think about like when he took over the Chicago bulls after Vinnie Del Negro, right? That team was not disciplined. They may have been playing basketball and, who knows how serious everyone was? Can you like, can you imagine Tibbs coming in there and getting Joakim Noah to like MVP voting? Like he, that Maybe, is getting someone to focus. All right, and so he,
2: he took a 41 win team and he increased their wins by I think it was 20 or, or 19 or 20 games with essentially the same roster. I know there were a couple of little tweaks, but like that doesn't happen by accident.
0: Exactly. And when it comes to looking at Mitchell Robinson, I think it's just him going in there and saying, "All right, I see what everyone needs to do." I figured this out and this is what you got to do. And when I think he talks about professionalism, it's just being blunt and honest, which Thibodeau is. He's gonna—he's a straight shooter. He's going to be like, look, you got to get more serious. Look, you missed some training camps, these optional training camps that we had because you went to go hang out with your family. We understand we respect, you know, what you have to do to go take care of your family. But... It's, it's time now that you have to like walk in and get ready. And I think that's what he's trying to say.
2: Yeah. Um, no, that's – like th- there's off the courts – like he could be – he could take this stuff more seriously off the court, I think. But, again, I think when you're when, – on the, on the scale of like players that like, you know, you have quote-unquote concerns about, to me, the concerns about Mitch, not that I'm downplaying their seriousness, but like they are, they are correctable. And I think he is not – he is not a bad – guy he's not a bad i, I feel funny calling him a guy he's a kid he is a big child like literally he's a big child if you if you <laughs> yeah i can't even i we can't forget, that we forget we forget
1: their age we forget we forget their age sometimes so we're like when you see like his arms like flopping around like and like committing these weird fouls against no, like, but he, grown he's 20,
2: men he's 22 going on like 15 in terms of mentality he's just <laughs> he's just he's just, a, he's just a little immature again not a bad guy at all not a bad guy but um Basically, I I like and I've had however many interactions with him. It's like, he's just he comes off as really affable. He's like easy to like. He's easy to you know. He was easily the most likable guy in that locker room, as far as I was concerned. So yeah, well,
1: yeah. I I, I mean, I, I I do think there's a lot of potential for Mitch. I just wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of Nerlens um, because honestly, Nerlens and and I mean. At the end of the day, we want Mitch Robinson to kind of be Orleans Noel with a better offense. So uh, I, I could, I could just see uh, more of a split, and I kind of want to get ahead of that. And uh and no I, good I, I th- too. Yeah, I think it's, it's not- going to be optimistic. Yeah, like I, he, he kind of reminds me of Ben Wallace. He kind of has that like. He kind of has that mentality where he doesn't need anything on offense like he just wants the rebounds he just wants to he just wants to you know I mean, control the middle and and if you if you have Randall or Obi there like they can do whatever they want on offense kind of like he'll stay out of the way I mean, you know
2: I mean? Ben Wallace's you know physicality like got him like all NBA votes like that that dude was on a different level in terms of the yeah yeah of course but of course just in terms of like yeah, sure. Their game, like, close to the basket. They will swat shots. Good um, – Ben Wallace also couldn't shoot worth a damn. Um, New Orleans, and well, great conversion rate, obviously, around the rim. Second to only uh, Mitch in, uh, in above a certain amount of field goal attempts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, the center position is in good hands because the guy we didn't mention in terms of center, Julius Randle, like, that dude should be playing to – if. I love the New Noel well signing. Don't get me wrong. They needed to sign New Noel well because you can't go into a season having Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle as your backup center as like that being the plan. I just don't think that makes sense. However.
1: How many times can we do that, Macri? How many times can we do that in a row? And you'd be like, yeah, yeah, we got this. Like Randall well, and Mitch.
2: But that said, like in a perfect world, like Julius Randle, if he's being used optimally in the NBA, I think that dude's playing 10 to 15 minutes a game at center um like we saw we don't have to have a conversation about the rockets but we saw the rockets get by last season with robert covington at center and like i don't know i'm not convinced that model can't work um if you have other pieces in place but like i don't know i I, i'm 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 I would be up for experimenting again. I don't think it necessarily makes sense with who they have out there. I think if anyone probably spellments the guy that they, they may throw out there as a small ball five, which I'd be excited to see if that ever if it ever came to that. Um But they definitely have some options. Like who wrote it the other day? Like Vork, I think, wrote it last week or something. Like and it's obvious. Like the the big guys are the strength of this team. You know? Like if they had if you put one real not even all star level perimeter creator on this team, just like like sub, slightly sub all-star level perimeter creator on this team and you kept the rest of their roster the same, like they could and you, and you told me, oh yeah, they're going to go out and be close to 500 this season. I would totally believe it, but they don't have that guy and it's the most important thing you need in the NBA. So here we are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. And if you put Randall, if let's use the Rockets, if you had Randall on the Rockets as that center, I think that's a way better team than trying to use uh, Robert Covington. Cause Randall can at least have a mid range jumper he works really well on the post, good finisher around the rim, strong rebounder. I think that could have worked and if that type of that type of system. Obviously that's a perfect world. Yeah, but for sure. but John, before we move Mac uh, well, Malika, before we move off. I can't too many okay. Johns okay. on this we'll podcast. Malika, before we get off, what do you see as your starting five? And I'll give my starting five, and then we can move on to the next topic. <laughs> um for the, for the preseason. What do you see for the preseason?
1: For the preseason, I I I I know you just want to talk starting five, but I, I can't get over the DSJ slander um, because like we're what I can't stand is that we used the like we we just gave so many excuses to Mitch Robinson for the coaching staff and this and that. And like DSJ's on that same squad. You know what I mean? And we're just like, oh, we don't know what was going on. Uh, DSJ, he stinks. I, I just I, I, I hate that we don't give him a fair chance. So I think that he's going to be starting. Uh, I think that he had a lot of stuff going on last year. I think his stepmother passed away midway through the season. Um, He he never had any coaching. We know he can play ball, right? He played ball at NC state. He, he, he led the team there. He played ball with Dallas the first year. He did really well with them before they brought in Luca. And then he kind of got, he got squeezed out. And we, we got everyone was talk If you guys remember, everyone was talking about how the Knicks are the worst franchise as usual for skipping out on DSJ. He was murdering the league, um like he caught a spark. And if anybody can get that out of him, it's Tibbs. So I, I want DSJ starting there. Floor franchise. Uh, floor He's a floor Stevie franchise to me. And the uh, uh, ceiling D Rose. So, like, I really hope that he could do that. I want RJ next to him. Um. And then if we're gonna have Obi there, and you don't want Obi and Randall, I don't know what you're gonna do. So you're gonna have to have like a Bullock and RJ, then Randall, and then one of the centers, Nerlens and Mitch, and then have Obi off the bench. I don't think it's a big deal if you have Obi off the bench. I know everyone's gonna freak out about it, uh, but he's a rookie. You know what I mean? And like if you think about it, if you have one of the centers like Nerlens Noel and Obi coming off the bench, like that's nice. You know what I mean? Like that's a nice, that's a nice, that's a nice move. But I know we have the king of you know, f- you know Frank Island right here. So like him coming off the bench too, like with those guys, Alfred Payton. Don't forget about him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I kind of, I kind, I like those guys off the bench. So starting the lineup, give me DSJ, RJ, I guess Bullock, and then Randall and Mitch. But that seems weird. I think it's going to be like constantly rotating.
0: Okay. Okay, I can see that for the preseason. I think for the preseason, what I, what I see is Peyton. I see RJ, probably Burks uh, in that lineup. Uh, I think Bulk's going to be like a break <laughs> in case of an emergency type of player that we have. He's on the cheap. Um And then I think it's going to start off with... I could see Nerland starting the season, although I'd like to see Mitch just to see where we're at with Mitch first. But maybe in the preseason, we just roll out with Mitch just to see where where he is and what Kenny Payne has done with him, just to see if there's still any fouling issues, just so that we know what we got going into the season. And then I think we're going to... I would like to see Obi. I'm feeling Obi. I doubt it, though. The more and more I think about it, it's probably going to be Randall because you can't be paying that guy that type of money and not... Stardom, though, the one thing that's probably scaring me is that the hype of Obi's athleticism and trotting him out at the three for this preseason just to see what he got. So, the, the strange one I would see happening is probably Peyton, RJ, Obi, Randall, and Mitch. But I think what it should be realistically, and hopefully it would be Peyton, uh, Burks, RJ, Randall, and Mitch. That's what I'm that's what I'm That's why that's what, that's yeah. what I like to see for the preseason. But let's move on to uh let's move on to the next section. Jonathan, this week you've been doing the five part series of biggest camp questions. And <laughs> and there's one more coming. I, I can't wait to to see what the last one is. Um It's
2: I'll I'll spoil it. It's just kinda like a big picture, like do we think that they've figured it out as a, like as a franchise <laughs> based on the last nine months since Leanne Rose came aboard and I kinda just kinda uh, go through everything we've seen in totality so the four the, the, the specific ones are out there i'll say that
0: okay 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 so just for anyone who isn't subscribed to the nixon school newsletter and if you're not already i don't know what you're doing if you're missing <laughs> out so, on some great content it's very kind uh, um i'll plug it for you Macri, don't worry <laughs> it's a it's a great way to start it. off my, it's a great way to start off my morning always reading it before i start work uh but the first one you – so these are the players that you wrote about. You wrote about Dennis Smith Jr. as the first one, RJ, OB – actually, I'm just going – is it – yeah. No, you got it. Yeah, RJ, OB, and then you talked about perimeter shooting as the most recent one. Uh, well, perimeter creation, I should, I should specify. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, doesn't even matter. Just shooting in general from the perimeter <laughs> is just necessary. We saw last year it was – Whoa, we, 27th from three pointer? Something i wrong with those lines? It was, to 29th. It, was, it, was, it was bad. It was abysmal. It was abysmal. Um never seen poor three point shooting in my life like that. But let's let's dive into this big the biggest camp questions. Out of all of these, because you start with five as DSJ, like I said, then RJ, OB, and so forth leading up to the uh perimeter uh shot creation. is this like an order that you believe in like, I guess priority is this uh um, what you think is the least likely to happen to the most likely to happen oh no, um, that,
2: yeah that, that's a that's a good question um i for me it's like I wanted to look at basically the big like the most impactful questions facing the franchise as a whole um so which is obviously why I saved like have they figured things out and are they not a shit show anymore for last um <laughs> but I think, like, for instance, so number two on the list was, like, how are they going to figure out a way to score? Because if you look at the roster and you look at, like I said, whether you want to, I I put it more in terms of lack of perimeter creation. If you want to say lack of shooting, although I honestly, like, to me, it's not about the shooting because they had shooting last year. Like, they had Dotson, they had Ellington, they had Bullock, and I know these guys all had down, or a lot of these guys had down years percentage-wise. Like, they had Bobby Portis, but... It's not like they did not have shooters on the roster last year. It's just the configuration made it so that a lot of those guys didn't go on the floor at the same time, um, and they didn't use them. I, I don't think to their most effective uh, possibilities. The point is, like, if you again, if you look at the roster and you look at how teams score in the NBA, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how they're going to score and they're going to figure something out, right? Um, so that was why that was number two, and then the three players that I highlighted, R.J. Obi and Dennis Smith Jr., I think those are the biggest. swing guys in terms of whether like what what they do i think can most significantly alter the fortunes of the franchise in the year ahead um and you know Mitch to me is Mitch like i think we've seen what we're going to get he's been great it's a matter of keeping him on the floor it's about brushing up the little things around the edges like but materially Mitch is going to be what he is. Maybe maybe I'm being unkind to Kevin Knox, but I kind of feel like at this point we're just trying to get an NBA rotation player. I don't – like if there's a world where he – where that dude swings the fortunes of a franchise in a material way, I'd be shocked. Um, same thing with Frank. And, I, again, I love Frank, but I think his ceiling is as like can he – can the shot come around so he could be a guy that plays 20 minutes a night and helps you? You know, that's, that's important. But in terms of what's really going to change things for the franchise, they need someone to pop. And the three guys I think are most likely are, are OB and and RJ and, and Dennis Pitt Jr. Because Dennis Pitt Jr. Was the worst player in the NBA last year who played over a thousand minutes. And that is not an exaggeration. You could look at any numbers you want, look at the shooting numbers. You could look at the on-off numbers. You could just watch the games and see a guy who didn't give any shits. He left all of the shits elsewhere. He didn't bring them to the team. Um sorry, I'm cursing too much. Um (laughs) but like but like you said, John, that dude, that same guy came out and at times looked like he was gonna be maybe not the best player in the draft that he came out of, but well, you know, close to it. Yeah. You know that draft's dunk, man. (laughs) Like yeah. He could be he could be he
1: could be he could be be easily top five of that draft.
2: God my, I mean, at this point, that would be a mirror. I mean, it had Tatum and it had Fox, it had some. yeah, other yeah, guys. yeah, but in, just in terms of like, my point is, he came out as a rookie and he looked apart. He, he, he had a lot of flaws, but he looked apart. The there was something there, and then over the last year and a half, that something has vanished. So can they just get it back to where he was his rookie year? and if they do that, that is a massive, massive amount of found money for this franchise. Um, it's such a huge
1: I, hole. It's such a glaring hole that the bar is so low. And, and I guess that's the, that's, a, that's the point I'm trying to make is that yeah. DSJ could just come in and be a point guard. Like he doesn't have to be the point guard. He doesn't have to be like this immaculate, like top 15 point guard in the NBA. He just has to be a point guard. And if he could yeah. get shots to Kevin Knox, because I know I know everyone is so low on Kevin Knox. But at the same time, I don't get why people are so high on Bullock. Right, because like to me like they're kind of the same like Kevin Knox could be mm. Bullock you know what I mean like well, that's Bullock's not done that... it.
2: like Kevin Knox hasn't yet like we've yeah. seen Bullock be a valuable contributor to, to like playoff teams um... yeah
1: but but like when when you're saying like potential like he can be that like it's not it, like Bullock is not like coming out here like you know being like an incredible wing and like we're you know awestruck like it, 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 he is Kevin Knox in my like on the plus minus at the end of the day like and, and that's what that's what's scares me about playing these, like, quote-unquote, veterans. You know what I mean? In the starting lineup because of ego or whatnot. Like, at what point are we going to be like, okay, Randall, like, I know you're upset. Like, (laughs) all right, Bullock. Like, I know it's kind of weird sitting on the bench for people like Obi and Knox, but, like, we're 2-11. and You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, especially when you think about, like, the beginning of our schedule. Like, so, like, at at what point, like, uh, do you just, like, kind of pull the plug on the ego and just kind of be like hey this is what we this is what we have going here and like we're just gonna let it ride um
2: yeah i think i think he deserves a shot if you know if his attitude and his head are in the right place if if they're not then i never want to i mean i never want the guy who i saw last year i never want to see that guy again in my life playing for my for my team um yeah and then Obi, it's just like you know, we know he's going to be good, but how good is he? Is he the guy – is he a guy that, like, defenses have to game plan around every night? I don't know. Um, and then, you know, we'll see. And then RJ, it's like – you know, I've been hard on RJ. I, I, I like him. I, I'm, I, I think he's going to be a useful player, but, like, you don't draft a useful player third overall. And we need to find out this year, is he going to be a guy who could, like is, – is he a rotation player? Or is he a guy that like really is a building block because he it's a tough fit. And that's basically what, that was the point of that, that piece, which is like, if you look at what he does and you look at what the best players in the NBA do, he doesn't really do any of those things. Not yet, at least. Um, so I want to see how he can make him turn himself into a guy that is really, 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 really valuable. Um So yeah, that's, that was that.
0: Okay, and I think for I'm just going to touch on all, all the players because a sure. lot was just just happened. <laughs> for Dennis Smith Jr., you know, we we talked about it. Who lost his stepmom injury? It's in there. And I think when we had Fizdale, like, and this is not slandering Fizdale, like Fizdale just didn't do a good job coaching the team. He like we just saw everyone out there trying to do too much, going out of the roles. Like having Point Julius was just something that was. Unnecessary. We didn't need to try to witness that as fans. That was just horrendous, especially with the spin move over and over and over again. Um, you know, Fizz could have just brought it in, and I think he was trying to get Dennis Smith as the guy, but Dennis Smith couldn't start that season because of a back lower back injury. Mm-hmm. And then you're just trying to force him in there, and then when you're having him in there, and he's not playing well. You're ruining his confidence, especially when you give him more than enough minutes, and you see five turnovers. He can't—he's just bricking everything, and you're leaving him out there to dry— and then having friends just chant for Frank, like that's not good coaching. And you probably just destroyed a kid's ego within two to three games. And I think with Tibbs, you know, the one thing I like about Thibodeau is that one, you have to earn it. So DSJ will have yeah. to work to get what he, what he deserves Two, Thibodeau is not going to leave a kid to hang out to dry. Be like, All right, you made a terrible turnover, get your ass on the bench. Yeah. And we're figuring something else out. And so he's yeah. not going to let him hang out to dry and he's going to coach him like as well. And we have, you know, if, if Johnny Bryant can work with, uh, Dame Dalla, you know, Damien Lillard or, mm-hmm. or, uh, Mitchell Robinson and can get, uh, not Mitchell, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Sorry. Too many, too many names of mixing up today. Too I many Johnson, Mitchell, Mitchells. What's going on? Same Mitchell. Jesus. Um, so, you know, if he can work with Donovan Mitchell and get him going and just help that type of development, I have some faith that we can at least get back to what DSJ could potentially be. Uh, if not, you know, that's the hope like he it's in there. It's he can do it. It's also DSJ has to come to the realization saying, hey, I'm not the starting point guard yet. And I have to work my yep. way up there. And he, it's it's meaning it's a relationship that has to be met in the middle. Right. It's DSJ saying I haven't earned it yet, but I have to work for it. And then the guys just understand. And then the coaching staff just to say, hey, I see what this player is doing. And I'm going to make sure that he looks successful and not hang him out to dry. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I feel about so, DSJ. So you
1: think it's a real, you think it's a real battle between Peyton and DSJ then for, for the starting point guard? Cause that, I mean, that, that's like what it comes down to. Cause we have the one year I don't Peyton think,
0: who's big buddy, buddy with Perry, right? I, I don't think it's a battle. I think it's just DSJ having to get back to what he can do. And I think you're going to let Peyton go out there cause Peyton can do the job. Even though people hate that he can't shoot, he does everything else well. You know, like he can pass. Well, he can attack the lane. Well, he averages 12 to 13 drives a game, which is what Thibodeau wants. Someone to collapse the defense and Peyton isn't necessarily the best finisher, but when he's on, he's on. And like, as long as he's doing it and making defenses honest when he attacks the lane, you know, I think that's what you're going to get for the first year. Unless DSJ starts to just pop and really play like above what he's done over these past few years. I don't think you're going to get that. So DSJ, he's he's gonna have to work his way up. And I think he might be the the second, you know, guy off the bench just to see what you got. For for Obi, we know offensively uh what he can do, and it's as Mackery said, can he create uh other teams to focus around him offensively? I don't know. He did a great job at Dayton, you know, transferred from college to the NBA. It's very rare that you get someone like Donovan Mitchell, that you get get a Damian Lawyer that just creates that type of gravity on the court. Um if he can do that, I would not worry about his defense then because if he's an instant walking bucket, that's just a talent in itself of a league, but he's more of a TBD than really can than can you like really evaluate. RJ, I think we all know what RJ needs to do and that's just shoot. Can he shoot? If he can yeah. just start if he can just start shooting and at, at at a good rate, you know. Can he shoot at the league average of 35.7% well. for 3? That's part of it, though. But at yeah. the same
2: time, he also, like, he he was he got to the rim a lot, right? He got to the rim yeah, he a lot, and that's and that's great. He was he was one of the worst shooters in the league around the rim. His his around the rim numbers were atrocious, yes. and you know, I think it's and he he just you know he doesn't. That's because they're hard shots. Like he doesn't have the speed to blow by bigger guys. And I think his, I think the best, best path for him is to try to just bully smaller guys. I think Mm -hmm. that's the road that he should go, which is why, you know, so much attention gets paid to like, what, what's RJ's ideal position. Like, I want to see him handle the rock in backup units um, this year. And I know, again, it's, there's, it's so, there's so many moving pieces. Like how how much is that going to even be possible? But you know, I, I I see his ceiling as a guy who, like, yes, can give you some playmaking and some shooting, as you just said, ideally as a starter, but can also run your second unit for ten ish minutes a game and be like the second unit point guard, like, kind of almost like we saw Jimmy Butler do in the finals. I'm not mm-hmm. comparing RJ Barrett to Jimmy Butler. I would, I'm not insane, um, but you know, just like in that <laughs> in that mold um that's that's what i'd like to that's what i'd like to see
0: no for sure and you know that's the dream right to have another jimmy butler on the team if rj can get to that level um my god i'll take anything
2: in the in the same zip code
0: yeah and i and you know looking at those queen of the glass numbers i think if i'm correct uh rj was under 30 percentile for most of shooting which is yeah. Yikes. It's, it's, that's scary. It's scary. And the good thing, as you pointed out, is that he can attack the lane. And like when you watch him play, you see that he is so comfortable with his left, but he just has this hiccup when he goes to his right. And it's not fluent. It's not, it's not strong with, he's not strong with his right hand yet. Hopefully, these are things that he's working on, you know. If he's going to uh, attack the lane, then hopefully he gets more comfortable using his right hand and finishing with his right hand, you know. And then he can actually, and then work on the shot, you know. I, the shot everyone talks about the shot being the the easiest thing to come to come along just to get to being an average shooter. You know, no one's asking him to be an elite shooter. We're just asking him to be an average shooter. Can you shoot 35.7% yeah. from three? Can you, you know, average 40 point, like 40 over like a 40% to 45% field goal percentage overall? Can you mm-hmm. do that? That's all we need out of you. And then we are we're golden, and he doesn't even need to be the most lethal three point shooter. If we're going to Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler is not the most lethal three point shooter, and it's just like he just knows how to get to a spot and create that type of separation.
2: Just, just make it so that you can't leave him open. That's all. That's all yeah. it needs to be. Just like have be, be a guy that defenses need to guard, and that in and of itself on offense. I don't. We don't have time to talk about his defense. You know that that's that's valuable. So
0: yeah, for sure, for sure, totally agree. Um, and then for perimeter shooting. It's a TBD to me. I'm just going to be. I'm going to cop out and say, I got to see what happens. We got shooters, but we have that. We have that hiccup of just shooters coming here and then they can't shoot. But I don't yeah. think that's going to be the. I'm not going to use the old like. Well, it's the Knicks because that's just not true. So we got a new staff. We'll see what happens. We yeah. go and that's all we can do. Um, I agree.
1: Quickly can shoot. Quickly can shoot, man.
0: That's you why. I like I, I wouldn't like I said if like
2: I, I named my 10 minute rotation earlier with the kind of 10th spot being the the you know the unknown, um, and I threw a Knox in there, like If quickly comes in and he looks the part I mean if he looks as good as he talks like he talks a good game, then man, like I don't think I wouldn't put it past Tibbs. Like Tibbs is gonna play the best guys. He hasn't played young guys on any of the other teams, because those teams have had good rosters with good older veteran players that can help you win. This team doesn't. Like so, if you told me that Qu- Emmanuel quickly is coming out and playing 20 minutes on Friday night, like I wouldn't be shocked at all.
1: I wouldn't be Friday shocked, night I mean. Nick. Friday night Nick song and Emmanuel quickly sign me up, man. There sign me up.
2: All, all the more all right.
0: Sounds great. Well, let's keep this thing moving. So we got. We got we got we got a log jam on this roster right now. We got sixteen, seventeen players currently on this roster, not including uh the two ways um that we have to figure out. <laughs> we got yep. Iggy, Michael Kagilchrist, we got Evans, and we got Spellman. What's happening with this, John? Macri oh I, 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 Jesus Christ. What are, what's happening with this, Macri? Are, 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 Macri well, pick well, two.
1: We, we, yeah, we got we got two here, Macri. I mean, I think who, exactly. who, who
0: who are you keeping?
2: I I uh, I'll call myself out because I was dead wrong. I I intimated strongly on my own pod like a week or two ago, um, definitely two weeks ago, and I probably still was doing it a week ago that I thought there was another move coming because I just for the life of me couldn't see them just getting to the the eve of the regular season and just cutting two guys. I just didn't but he healed see on that. the way. <laughs> well, I uh, well obviously I was. I, <laughs> but but I'm just my, I mean, my understanding is those teams talked um, whether or anything. I mean, t- teams talk every day, so that's, like, not saying anything. Right. Um, but, like, I-, I don't know how much traction was there. Um, if they don't make a move, I think Evans is out. And I, I, for the life of me, I cannot see them cutting Iggy versus Akis. I just would be shocked. Um, and I would see – I see them – like that's the to me that's the benefit of your relationship with Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, right? Is you can, you go to Michael Kidd-Gilchrist and you say, "Listen, you're gonna start the season in the G League on an Exhibit Ten contract. Um, we, we, you're gonna be here soon, but we need a little bit more time to make a move. And whether that's a week or two weeks or a month, you just gotta trust us. And 99 percent of the time, if it, if a front office tells a player, trust us, the player's gonna be like, ah, f you, but." The guy who's saying trust us is uh, his uncle. Like literally, it's a guy he calls his uncle. It's William Wesley. Not to mention the guy that represented him for years in, in Leon Rose. So I think there's enough of a trust factor there that if I had to guess, it would be enough to get Kiko Gilchrist to the G League and keep Iggy. I just, you know, Scott Perry's still here, and boy, man, if the writing isn't already on the wall, if they cut the dude that Perry spent a million bucks to trade up for a year ago. You know, I, I'd, I'd be surprised. A- anything outside of those two guys, I think, would be a shocker. Like, I know what, you know, where we, we could sit here and be uncertain about how, how how much the organization still believes in Frank or Knox or, or uh, DSJ or, like, if any of those guys got cut, that would be a shock. I mean, I just, I couldn't see it. I would be shocked. So uh, that's my, that would be my answer
0: i would be, i would be a little shocked too if we cut iggy i don't know if uh mkg is eligible for the g league though right i think you have to have four years well he's not LS. eligible
2: for a two-way he's eligible you don't age out you of the. Ju- you can just, you can just throw anybody in can there. play in the g league
0: yeah i could play in the g league okay. and i'm almost 38
2: <laughs> <laughs> no it, it, if uh years of service time prohibit you from getting signing a two-way contract but um that's why I like um like trey burke right trey burke was signed to um I think he, uh,
1: I don't think. Let's say Andre Ingram. Andre Ingram w- was in the G League forever. That guy from uh, LA. Yeah,
0: but like. Yeah, he, but you he have he to like, play in the G League. I, yeah, but I he know. didn't. He didn't have NBA service. That's why he could be in the G League forever. We're talking. So. Um, okay. I mean, I'd be shocked if we just gave MKG a contract because he doesn't. Re- he, even though he is a defender, we see that he doesn't really offer anything else. And with the least Iggy. Maybe you can work on his foot speed. I don't know how much more you can get out of him to increase his foot speed. Maybe you can well, get him to be a passable defender. That's all you need is for him to be a passable defender. Yeah, um, and it's
2: also getting this locker room in a place that you want it, right? Because like mm-hmm. the the next locker room hasn't been good for a long time. Um, I mean, it wasn't bad last year, but like, you know, I think I think these guys really do believe in the idea of you know, build. I I, I hate it's the most overused buzzword in the league, right? But building a culture. And I think that, like top to bottom, who you bring into the room matters. So um, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past you know I, I I'll say this: go, Gilchrist is going to finish the year as on the Knicks roster. I, I'd be utterly shocked if that did not happen.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean. That's just a one move. I just like I do not want to see MKG on this team. Well, it, I <laughs> yeah. get you, but you know, get get ready for it. Cause... I know. Yeah, I but know I'm, I'm... I'm... Go ahead. Go ahead, Malika.
1: No, no. I just like I I'm totally with Macri. Like I, it just hurts me so bad how how dirty we're we're doing Iggy. Right? Like I, uh Iggy Branzegis like did really well in Michigan. He, yeah. and we, we we drafted him. He did really well in the G League because we told him there wasn't a spot for him, even though like we had no wins. It made no, it made no sense. We had no spot for him. The, you know, unfortunately for him, the the year ended. I'm sure he would have got like the majority of minutes. Yeah, yeah. So like now, and now he's gonna get cut, or he's not gonna make the roster, or even if he does make the roster, he's not gonna get burned. Like it just uh, that part makes no sense to me. Obviously Tibbs sees what he sees at practice, and like we'll soon find out. But at least Iggy should get some playing time. If you don't want to put it in the first preseason game, like give me at least a second preseason game versus the Pistons, and then the first preseason game versus Cleveland, and then you can phase him out. You know what I mean? The the first game and the last game, see how the lineups do without him. But like, give the guy a chance. Like, like it would just be tough to like sign somebody like MKG, and that's where I'd have like the Kentucky CAA issue, right? Where it's like. I know MKG's from Kentucky. I, I get it. <laughs> like, I, I know, but I'd rather really have Iggy on the squad than MKG.
0: And it's, yeah. it's, even like the, it's even like the World Wide West connection. Like, I get that this is the guy that you call your uncle, but, you know, you haven't done really anything in this league to really warrant, like, moving a young prospect off who we have even seen enough of at an NBA level to just say, all right, we got you on the team. Let's 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 do it right now. Um, I really hope they give Iggy a chance. I really would like to have him on the team still, just to see what he can do. I'm not even thinking that he's going to be the greatest thing. Can he just be a, a decent rotational like wing? Maybe I don't know. Um, I just like to see what happens. But so let's let's before we end this uh, Knicks this Nick's conversation, how many teams do you see this team winning, Macri?
2: What, what do the you guys? Okay, I'll be quick because I uh, apparently there's the media availability is gonna be starting soon, and I gotta I gotta hop on that Zoom. Um, uh, given a 72 game season, I think that they will win 20. Mm. I think I've said some different numbers. I don't know. I'm feeling 25 today.
0: Okay, I, I'm right in the same boat. I'm like 24 myself. I don't see. I was I was 24, 25. Like,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, I don't see it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess, I don't know. I guess I would bet the under. But when, when I'm, re- when we're really talking about it, like we just, we're about to get into an, in, in the et cetera, But like, who, like, are the Pistons, Magic, Hornets? Like, are they like much better than this terrible Knicks team? Like, I'll say terrible Knicks team. I'm with you. But like, are these teams like gonna blow us out of the water on like a Tuesday night at the Garden? Like, I don't know.
0: I, I don't think they'll blow us out of the water. But the Hornets are gonna be much better than what they are <laughs> than what they were last year. <laughs> I don't opinion. know.
1: I think I think the Knicks are gonna be I, I don't know. Th- like that that's where like that's that's where it, it, it sounds nice on paper, but when you ask me about the magic, the hornets, the pistons, like the wizards, the hawks, like we're right there with these guys. Like I don't think the Pacers and the Raptors are like these immaculate teams. So we'll get into um, the NT etc. I mean yeah. look,
2: there's a possibility that they won't be favored in a game. I was about to say, like, all season. Like, yeah, they'll be favored in some games. But, like, <laughs> no, like, when they, when they host, like, Cleveland, they'll be favored. And, like, maybe when they host, like, Detroit and uh, maybe I I don't know what else. Like, they're not going to be favored in a lot of games. So, like, we're sitting here talking about, like, winning 20-some-odd games. Like, any of those games, if they win, it's going to be a surprise. So, just let's all prepare for that.
0: All right. All right. Well, I think that covers it up for our next portion of this podcast. Let's take a quick commercial break before you, before you go, just do a quick plug of all your stuff.
2: Yeah. So you can find me, um, on Twitter at JC Macri MBA. Um, my, the link to my newsletter is right there in my bio. Um, you can hear my podcast the Nick's film school podcast and check us out on YouTube. Just search Nick's film school on YouTube. And we got some fun, um, stuff getting up there as well. So, yeah, and uh, thank you again for having me on.
0: Thank you, Macri, for joining us. Uh, hopefully we can get you coming on again. Um, thank you for ch- stopping by, man. Really appreciate it.
2: Anytime, guys. Uh, it was a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your day.
0: All right, and we're back from the break. Thank you again to Jonathan Macri for stopping by for the pod. Um, you all know where to find him at Nick's Film School, the Nick's Film School podcast, the Pick and Pop, and the Strickland Pick and pot, I'm sorry. Um so now we're gonna carry on for the et cetera portion of this podcast. And John, what do we got for et cetera? What's up,
1: Alex? For et cetera today. First I want to talk about the I mean, like one of we we one of the topics that we couldn't stop talking about for a long time. Russell Westbrook, dude. Russell that Russell Westbrook trade, that happened. Um and it actually does affect Uh, the Knicks because it affects uh, the Wizards in the East. So, I kind of want to get your reaction to the trade and how uh, it's going to have an effect, a domino effect on all the other teams. So we got Westbrook and Beal in Washington and we have Wall and Harden in Houston. So I'll give you a two for one, do you think that um, John Wall and, and Harden work in Houston or do you think Harden gets traded? And two, If he does get traded, do you think it's to the east, to Brooklyn or Philly?
0: Oh man, so I don't think I see Harden staying in Houston that long. It seems like this is a complete You know, you were calling it, man. You were calling a rebuild with this team. This is where you wanted the Knicks to get involved. And you know, talked about I don't think the Knicks have the assets to go get a James Harden. Also it also it also depends on what Harden wants to go, because he just creates he is that type of player where he dictates where he needs to go and they're not going to just trade him to any old place that it's not on his list so unless the Knicks are on his list and the Knicks are willing to uh give up something you know of a lot of value to get him I don't see it happening but I see this is they're going to try it out they're going to try it out for the beginning of the season see what they can get had he move Russell Westbrook he didn't want to be there if you're going to ask uh if you're going to ask me Does either team get better? I think they're both the same. I don't think there's really much movement. Uh, The only thing that the Rockets get is that they get a better shooter in John Wall. We just haven't seen him play in two years. So we'll see if he can compete at that level. But I see Harden staying until the trade deadline or somewhere around there. And if the team starts to work and he wants to stay there, he'll stay down there. I mean, he's been in Houston for so long. He's created a life down there. It's not like he's ready just to move. But it doesn't also really matter for players. They have houses all over the place. So they can do whatever. They can do whatever the hell they want. with i I think if it's going to be brooklyn we're going to see it much later they just had to move westbrook first because you can't trade hard and then westbrook westbrook then his value just plummets um but i i I don't know i I don't know if brooklyn really wants to make that move because even if he goes to brooklyn i really don't see it you know shout out to our guys friends of the pod uh jeffrey Campo and chip murphy um we talked about it and jeff said it that you can't see this working out. And the more I think about it, I can't really see it working out either because you need someone to play the Chris Bosch role of like taking a backseat. The person who would have to do that would be Kyrie Irving, just because Harden and KD by themselves have taken teams to the playoffs. We saw that when KD left OKC. OKC was never the same. Uh, and for Harden, we, see, we saw him, as soon as he went to the Rockets, he can do it. Kyrie, he didn't do it at all in Cleveland and he did it, once in boston even though he got injured before that first year so and i but i just don't see kyrie wanting to take that step back in that type of role and i think you have to look at like these players and like what they do are you gonna tell me james Harden's got the step back kevin durant would just be in the same situation of i left the warriors and now i created another super team and i'm not really the guy anymore i don't know if brooklyn wants to do all that it's it's interesting what are your takes on it
1: yeah so on the first part i agree with you um I don't think it's going to work out, but I do think it's a better fit for Wall in Houston than it is Westbrook uh, for Harden. Wall is is like an actual point guard who can mm-hmm. get Harden open. Westbrook like gets to the hole and gets ba- and gets buckets. You know what I mean? And gets assists for his big men when when people collapse on him and he kind of like dishes it off and they like score the easy bucket. You know what I mean? He doesn't really get his uh, his his guards and his wings open. Uh, I guess that's the difference there. So I. In that aspect, I I do see it working out. I do see them having highlight plays, but I don't see them winning basketball games. So when you talk about it like that, that means that Harden is going to get moved. The question for me then becomes, it's, it's definitely BK or Philly. He's definitely coming to the East, which is scary for the Knicks, right? And when you talk about Philly, I wonder... I, I, like, have this feeling that Simmons and Embiid are really going to work out. Okay? Like, I have a feeling they're going to finally start playing pick and roll. And Doc Rivers is going to finally figure it out. And they're finally going to play good. So, I don't think he's going there. I think he's kind of going to be forced to go to Brooklyn. And that weird force to go to Brooklyn is going gonna... to... I, I disagree with you on, on one thing wholeheartedly. It's not an ego thing. It's not a... There's a one basketball thing. That's a tired argument when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets. The issue is going to be the compensation. They have to get rid of Dinwiddie because they're not going to be able to pay him. Okay, so that's Mm -hmm. one guy that's definitely going to be on the move. Yep, perfect fit. Number two, you're going to take Levert because he's a great piece. That's like that's a that's a depletion on the team. Okay, you're getting it back with Harden. Not really on the defensive side. Can't really whatever. Like okay, but then you're going to lose Jared Allen. On top of that like you're going to really be gutting the team because DeAndre Jordan just can't do it folks. I'm sorry. Like I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> like he's just he was a bad signing and he just he can't handle it. Um he's a nice player off the bench. But that that that's going to be my issue. So I, if if Harden goes to Brooklyn, I think that their lack of depth is actually going to be a subtraction. Um do I do I think it will happen? Yes. Do I want it to happen? Yes, because I'm intrigued by it. Not from like a cynical way. Like I actually want to watch that. I was talking to you earlier about Contemplating the you know net season tickets on top of Knicks season tickets because like it's gonna be a hot ticket in New York. It's gonna be it's gonna be great basketball. You know what I mean? And it's truly gonna be intriguing. Um, you got KD man and Kyrie Irving and then like throw in James Harden, like and these have basketball players around them. You know what I mean? And they're also gonna start getting those easy vet minimums. To take it back to the other side of this trade. We got Westbrook and Beal on the on, that directly affects the Knicks, right? Because now they're on the Wizards. So, my question is, yeah, do you think that the Wizards are better? But more importantly, do you think that they're better than the Knicks? Because, like, I know that they have two superstars, right? And, like, Westbrook and Beal. And, like, that sounds amazing. But, like, do you honestly think that they're better basketball team than the New York Knicks?
0: Or will have a better record? I think the Wizards are. Yes. I think they will definitely have a better record than the New York Knicks. The Washington Wizards, as much as... Well, look, Westbrook instantly raises that ceiling, right, of potentially making the playoffs. And... I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. Like, I don't know if the Wizards will make the playoffs, but they're going to be better than the Knicks. Um, just because Westbrook, you got Rui Hachimura. I think Denny is still good. Bradley Beal's on that team. Let's not forget Bradley Beal. Um, it's a solid squad, man. It's a solid squad. And Scott, uh, what was it Scott Brooks knows what he's doing with, uh, with with Russell Westbrook. So it's not. They're not going to be a wash of a the team. They're going to be better than the Knicks. Like I said, the question is are they going to make the playoffs? The East has gotten better. All right. I know we can poo poo the Hornets all we want. The Hornets are now, we're talking about A seed competition, playing competition, whatnot. The the team is going to be better. I don't, I'm not saying they're going to be world beaters over here, but they're going to be better. Okay. The, the, the East has now gotten slightly better. It's going to be interesting competition. But the Knicks, man, I will, lo- you know, I love this team till the day I die. But if I'm going <laughs> to be a realistic, man, like, they're, we're we're not we're not there yet, man. We're still rebuilding team. We're too young. If we were if if we're telling me the guys that we had now are older, more seasoned, you know, especially our young core, I could say yeah, we're on the same playing field, regardless of what Wes, Russell Westbrook be on that team. But we're not there yet. Um, so, All right. yeah. Okay. 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 Let's. Let's lay
1: it all out man. Let's let's lay the facts out because not only do we have the 8 teams, but there are play-in games, right? So let's 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 forget about the play-in games for a second, but let's just keep it in mind, but we won't like f- physically talk about that. We got the 8 right now, right? We have 5 that are solid. Bucks, Heat, Celtics, 76ers, Brooklyn. Okay? Those 5 are in the playoffs, they're done. That leaves 3 spots, not talking about the play-in games. The remaining teams in the East are the Raptors with mm-hmm. no Ibaka Gasol, Pacers mm-hmm. who are falling apart, Wizards mm-hmm. who just traded for Russell Westbrook, Hawks mm-hmm. who I really like but have no defense, Magic, Hornets, Pistons. What yeah. what what three teams there are are holding those, are
0: like solidifying those three spots? Raptors for sure. Um, just even though if they lost a they got, uh, Aaron Baines in return. And even if losing Gasol, he's still a solid center. He's still a solid piece that you got. Um, they got, they kept Fred Van Vliet. They still have uh spicy P the team is not that gone. They lost some good role players, but they're not, they didn't lose any of the, the main foundation. Okay. Um, I then think, man, see the magic are interesting just cause they're a wild card of a team. I know you don't have um, Jonathan Isaac playing this season right now because of the knee injury. But even when he was missing most of the season, they still made that A seed. So I don't know what the Magic are. They're they're kind of on that fringe. Hornets, I think the Hornets are better. I think Gordon Hayward, as much as I don't think he's worth the four million hundred twenty, dollars he's still a solid wing to have. And they also got LaMelo Ball, who I think will struggle his first year. But I think he's still talented enough at playmaking that they'll get something going Even with Terry Rozier, hopefully playing a little off ball, and if you get uh, Malik Monk, you know back in there, he was shooting pretty well. Hopefully that shooting was not because of the PEDs. So we'll see what happens. So I I really think it's good. I think I really think those. I think the Hornets and I think the Raptors are going to be in there. The Hawks will be better. I don't know if they're a playoff team yet. We did this last season. I know they were not anywhere near as good as they are this season. They added some serious veterans, even with uh, Rondo. Gallo the, you know they got Bogdanovich they added some serious pieces you know they also added Chris Dunn to help and they also got um, Onyeka Nkongwu. So we'll see that team's gonna be good they're gonna be interesting they're gonna be fighting for that 8th spot <sighs> man and I think the Wizards are up there too man I, I, it's it's tough the Pistons they're in the same situation as us man they're not gonna do they're not gonna do anything they're, they're trying to figure it out so now we have the 8th spot Plus, now we have the eighth spot plus
1: whatever playing games end up happening. I don't know. Like the Knicks can play basketball with the Hawks, Wizards, Pacers, Magic, and Pistons. Like at the end of the day, like they they, they could they could they could play if they were in a league with just those teams. The Knicks could be over five hundred.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. I could. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I could see the Knicks competing for a playing game. If it gets to that point, do I think it's I think the, the odds are slim for them to get there, but I could definitely see it. They wouldn't be so it wouldn't surprise me if they got to the ten. Um I think the Bulls are also gonna be a little bit better than we actually are giving them credit for. And I think, you know, don't count the pacers out. They still got Sabonis. Ola Depot I think will make a slight bounce back even after his injury. They got a sol they got a formidable squad. I know they got a new head coach, but uh the the guy from uh the Raptors, but I don't think the Pacers are going to be a complete wash either. The, the East is slightly better, so we're going to see what happens next. Um, yeah. So, well, that covers it for another Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast, another Knicks episode of the book. Thank you again to Jonathan Macri for hopping on this pod. Um, if you don't know, I already said at the top of the key where you can find all this stuff. Um So please make sure to check out his work. It's definitely worth the time. And for us, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Please make sure to give us a five-star review. Leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Also, make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please make sure to follow the Twitter account because, like I said, last pod for the Jets episode, we're spitting hot fire right now from that that podcast account. Thanks to our own John Malika. yeah so we'll catch you later this week for what seems what may be a really interesting jets episode so if you're not a jets fan i highly recommend tuning in um john you got anything else to say no that's about it man
1: two days nicks let's go um we got a big jets episode coming through um
0: things are on to roll let's go next yeah. man let's go later everyone